dogs in the yard Might need a guard Every loss taken to heart Me first, that cannot be Must be these underdog episodes, see? Feeling much better, so suddenly Under the Monica, Monica G Crafted at night while all of them sleep I won't look a fool Taking this tool, defeating the opposition around me No, no, I'm not sorry Yes, I'm taking this knowledge and party Just barking, no harm, don't be startled Yes, I'm taking the title And it's so vital Thanks for the ride, I'll never be idle Turn up the dial, it's about to get wild And the points gon' pile up Down is the underdog bite down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Down is the underdog bite down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Hey everyone, welcome to episode 158 of Dynasty Underdog. I'm your host, Uriah Dawkins. With me as always, Billy Beeman. What's up? I can tell you felt that one. I can tell you felt that intro. I, I like that. Trying to bring the energy. <laughs> you know, you know the NFL season is right around the corner when all the free agent running backs start signing, man. It's it's that time it's crazy. of year. <laughs> yes, yes. We knew it was gonna happen eventually, and it pretty much happened like back to back. So I think we only have like what Leonard Fournette. Is basically the the only big one left. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what backfield he's gonna ruin. It's it's gonna be one. I'm trying to think of the one that uh, I, I had in my head, but it it could easily be like a Minnesota and Terrence Alexander Madison or or something like that. I mean, it, it, there there's plenty of options out there that he could uh, he could ruin. I think the one that would like just burn Twitter for like the whole day would be like Miami. So Miami would be that would be a brutal one. That's I for just, sure. I don't see it. He would look so funny in that uniform. Yeah. Maybe New Orleans will sign another running back. <laughs> well, let's hop into it. So uh, Zeke gets a deal, one-year deal, and he ends up with the Patriots. I think we talked about this earlier. Like, I don't mind it at all. No. I mean, it's honestly like I don't really think it's a big hit to Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, no. I, I actually was going back and forth a little bit with, jo- with Josh Larkey on Twitter. He He put out how this is kind of a – a fairly substantial hit to Ramondre Stevenson. And I just don't see how this is much different than having a Damian Harris there. I don't even see how he would snipe more goal line touches from Ramondre. To me, they're more bringing him in because they they know he's a, a safe, reliable option at running back who can protect the quarterback, who will do the right thing on any given play. And they can spell Ramondre Stevenson here and there they can give him a rest because that was the big thing he really like he, he couldn't who can handle 350 touches or whatever he took last year he he handled I think like something like over 65 percent of of the rushing mm-hmm. attempts or he definitely had that in in rushing and passing uh share so one way or another they don't want him doing that they don't want him to get injured he he can't really nobody can really handle that workload so I just think he's there to give him a breather here and there and just be a reliable option. To me, this really kills guys who I've been talking up a little bit, like Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris. Maybe one of them, you know, catches on after this year, learning behind these guys, because this is what a one-year deal, I think, for like three million or up to six million. So, yeah, there's opportunity for the guys from the future, but I don't think Ramondre takes a hit, and I, so I, I somehow I think that he might have standalone value, and obviously he's a great handcuff if Ramondre goes down. But yeah, I, I still love Stevenson. Yeah, I, I think he also has like good sentiment. Like my Zeke shares a week ago are were more sad than they are now. Like I think, I think you know Zeke's gonna get some play. And, and honestly, like he he's older, right? You know he's ancient and running back years is a little bit slower. But like it might be a good thing for him to get. I don't know, forty percent of the carries or thirty percent of the carries or see what he looks like when he's a little bit more fresh. You know what I mean? Like. Instead of having to like have the burden of being the guy, right? So it could be a good thing. Yeah, I haven't done the projections for them yet, but I, I hope that he's not getting any more than 30% of the carries, to be honest with you. So uh, I, sure. I don't think he's touching any really any passing work from Ramondre. I don't think he's taking any from him whatsoever other than just being on the field and it being like a, a just happenstance dump off, you know? So anyway. Sure. All right, the next one, uh, Dalvin Cook. After... Long wait, he finally signs with the Jets. It's interesting because I think the day that they signed him, or maybe it was the day after they signed him, they activated Brees Hall off of Puff. And so he's out there out there practicing. So again, this one is like this one is like more murky for me. Like I don't like this for fantasy uh nearly as much as the Zeke one. The Zeke one is fine with me. Like I, I'm happy to have both players, but with the cook there, 
if I'm a breeze owner or if I'm a clip, like I just, I don't have to think about it. And I don't like that. Yeah. I mean, based on the money and just kind of, there's a, a narrative going around that cook obviously has more left in the tank than Zeke, right? Just based on the contract and, and there just seems to be that that's what people think about Dalvin cook. I'm not quite sure that that's necessarily the case. And I'm confident that Brees Hall is talented enough to the point where Dalvin Cook is not going to prevent him from getting touches from, you know, breaking out this year. So I, I think that any any kind of discount on Brees Hall should be sought after right now. You should be going out and, and seeing, you know, what you can acquire him for. I've seen some deals I've gotten completely shot down in some leagues. So some people are definitely hip to it. He's already back on the field. He already looks good at camp. I think they, they just want a solid backfield here while Aaron Rodgers is there. I think they're really trying to push and just give them the best chance that they can to reach the playoffs and the Super Bowl. So that's all I think it is. I think it's just adding another weapon. I don't think it has anything to do with, yeah, we need to take it easy on Brees. I mean, obviously coming off the injury, he's going to, you know, they're, they're going to take it easy on him for the first few weeks. But I don't think that Dalvin Cook down the stretch is going to prevent him from giving you the upside in fantasy that you're looking for. Yeah, this is like more conspiracy theory type stuff, which I just love. But the I think it was the CBS guys were talking about, you know, maybe with Aaron Rodgers taking a pay cut <clears throat> and then them bringing in Dalvin, somebody who he's, he's familiar with. You know that Aaron Rodgers is going to get a lot of his way when it comes to how things are going. And there's a chance where maybe, even though Brees is like, quote unquote, ready, that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to feel comfortable with a second year player out there doing what he needs to do, but he, he trusts that Dalvin <laughs> Cook has because he's seen it over the last, you know, five, six seasons. So Yeah, I heard this. I, I've, I've heard the same thing, and I don't even know if – I think it was multiple sources that said this, but I don't buy that. Like, Aaron Rodgers wants an older, less talented player on the field because he played against him two times a year in Green Bay. Like, we I do don't, this. I don't know. Not, I don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I. I don't like it, and I don't buy it. So, uh, yeah. No, again, I, I think. I think that there's nothing Dalvin Cook can do on this team to prevent Brees from breaking out if he's really coming back from this injury and and going to be the same player we saw towards the end of the year last year. So, I, I love Brees Hall no matter what. He, his hit, like I, I've been doing underdog drafts and whatnot in best ball. His his uh his draft stock has taken a complete hit. 100%. Now, again, I, I haven't gotten any deals done. I, I can see that, you know, some dynasty managers aren't willing to move off him no matter what, but I've also seen some deals get done. So I totally would be going after him first and a second and, you know, some kind of player or something that you could definitely get something like that done. He's absolutely worth it. Absolutely. I think that's a smart take. Not really surprising, but Anthony Richardson is... Wait, we're skipping over everyone here? Oh, shoot. My bad. Burks. Traylon Burks uh, <laughs> in practice went down. No contact, uh, leg injury turns out to be an LCL sprain. He's going to be out for a little while. Likely not ready for week one, or at least not 100% healthy for week one. But it's nothing, it's not a tear, it's not a break. You know, we're not doctors here, but uh, anytime it's a sprain, that's better. So, but he's hurt. This is kind of sucks for a second year player. You're hoping to break out and lead the team in targets, and it, it might hinder his start to the season. Yeah. Yeah, definitely tough, but I don't think like long-term concern. So I, I think that, you know, this is just another obstacle <laughs> in the long line of obstacles that Traylon Burks has had to overcome at the you know beginning of his, his short career here. I do think people are going to, to start, you know, getting a little wary of, of having them on their roster and wanting to move on from them. So you, you could find a window here to to buy may as well talk about this one here what do you think about burks in a second for george pickens so like say you'd be sending george pickens for burks in a second do you think somebody would do that do you yeah i'd do that uh i'm still not a huge i'm not believing the picking type so uh yeah i'd do that if i could trade pickens and get burks back in a second yeah all day okay burks is just a better wide receiver what about straight up burks for Pickens, uh, I think I'd only do that if I'm getting a little extra. If I have Pickens, if I could get Burks and something back, I'd do that. Okay, yeah, because right, it's Pickens' value right now is probably higher than Burks, right? It should be. I mean, that's or just. I, I mean, or am I that out of the loop right now? Like, I don't. I know. mean, we can see. In my mind, it seems like Pickens has got all the momentum and Burks doesn't, which 
doesn't seem right to me. Right. Yeah, just by field test, like definitely seems that way, but let's see. Pickens is wide receiver 24, Kirk's wide receiver 30. So yeah. Yeah, there you go. So I do that. If I get something back on top of Burks to get off of Pickens, I'm doing that 100%. Yeah. Okay. I think it does need to be. I mean, based on that value, it definitely seems like it's about second round value. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, Anthony Richardson <laughs> is going to be starting week one. I'm really not too surprised. I, we just don't see uh, first round NFL quarterbacks sitting out anymore. Not not recently. I mean, they were not there with Pickett and... It just kind of seems to be the normal thing. And Anthony Richardson, he, he looked okay in his, you know, in his debut. He threw more passes than, you know, per drive or whatever. Then I think that uh, maybe some analysts are thinking maybe it's not going to be quite as run heavy as we anticipate. But it's going to be interesting to see. And I'm glad that he's going to be out there this week too, just to kind of see what's going on with him. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, best thing to do with these guys is get them on the field especially when they haven't played a ton of ball and they're they're this talented and, and have elite traits. You just kind of got to get them the experience. So, yeah, I love it. I know, you know, we don't have Josh on here. He'd probably say he'd love to see him sit a year, sit behind Gardner Minshew for, for six to seven, eight games, whatever it is, which we've seen plenty of quarterbacks be successful doing that as well. But I, I agree, you know, what, what I saw from him, at least in that first game, Looked like he could place the ball pretty well. He didn't look too flustered. Now I'm sure he's not going against, you know, all first team defense and everything like that. But yeah, this is what we're going to get. We're, we're going to see this year. And I mean, he's going to be a monster rushing. Like it's it's going to be a, a productive fantasy year for sure. Almost no matter what. All right. Uh, Charbonnet, ADP versus Ken Walker. What do you got? Oh yeah. I need to pull up the the, the tweet I got here. I forgot. Yeah. I, I was just, uh, I think I was in. I think I was in a best ball draft, but then I went and looked at his dynasty ADP or both of their dynasty ADP. And I was like, this is just, why is this so far apart? And I, I just want to understand the vast difference between the two. And we'll just, we're a dynasty podcast. So we'll talk dynasty here. Walker running back nine, Charbonnet running back 24. That gap is just far too much for me. I, I don't understand it. These guys don't have too much draft capital between them difference second or third if he was a second round pick they both were second round picks oh he was a second round pick he was a second round pick yeah yeah okay yeah but they're only separated by wow. like a few picks i think so yeah I, I for some reason i thought he went in third yeah both of them are separated by very few picks you're right you know it's something we've been saying about charbonnet at least you know i've been telling like pete carroll doesn't care he's gonna put the best <laughs> running back out there period. he don't care about draft capital yeah. <laughs> He don't. I mean, I mean, he he's a really, really good coach. Has been his entire career. USC, so on, so forth. Like, you know, he he's definitely a Hall of Fame coach, and he just knows how to put the best players on the field and use their talents the best way. And I honestly, I still think Charbonnet's better running back than Kenneth Walker. I think with the ADP, what is striking is that Kenneth Walker's so high. It's not that Charbonnet's what twenty four or whatever, but I think that. Given what we saw and just kind of what we know, Kenneth Walker should be in the teens or, or you know, uh, 12 or 13 or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Hot take alert. I like it. No, <laughs> I, I just, I mean, I, I watched Charbonnet. I've watched Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker had a really good season last year, but I just think Sharps brings some more oomph uh, to his game, some more uh, uh, violence than Kenneth Walker does. And I think that's kind of, you're not getting beast mode out of the guy, right? He's not Marshawn, but like he's he's closer to Marshawn than Kenneth Walker is. It's facts. I don't know if you saw or anybody who's listening saw the the first preseason game for the Seattle Seahawks, but he had two separate plays where he had, on the same defender. Uh, I'm trying to remember who the defender was, but he absolutely trucked him twice. One was on a, I think they were both on screens, maybe, or one was on a rush and one was on a screen, but absolutely trucked him, and he was a good defender too. Yeah. And uh, I, I just think that he, he did it in college. Absolutely. And I think he's a more well-rounded player than Ken Walker. I think they're both super talented, but I do think he's more well-rounded. So it wouldn't shock me if at some point in the season, second half of the season, Zach Charbonnet has more touches than Ken yeah. Walker. Yeah. However that split goes, it wouldn't shock me if he has more touches or is leading the backfield. Uh, or is the guy that they want to see doing more of the work heading into 2024. So I love Charbonnet. I don't understand. Him. Again, the the gaps running back nine, running back 24. I think it's like 
fourth round versus eighth round or something like that fifth round versus eighth or ninth round i mean it's such a vast difference i'm i'm and i think this year he could do it i'm gobbling him up everywhere any format i just think charbonnet is is an absolute value right now absolute steal i haven't really gone out and sent too many offers in dynasty i needed to do that uh but i think i'd be comfortable sending you know i think you could send a 24 first and get maybe Charbonnet and a pickback. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, and I think I'd be comfortable doing that um, in almost any situation where I'm not, where I don't have like a top, you know, five pick where I'm not like tanking or something like that. All right, this one's fun. This guy you've been talking about pretty much all off season, Hayden Hurst propaganda. <clears throat> so what I noticed was that uh, people pulling up information on, can we just like give a lot of credit to the guys who like do the preseason work? Because it's, insane like i understand like regular season keeping track of snaps uh snap percentage uh, you know just opportunities but like they're doing it for the preseason because they're degenerates and i love it <laughs> but uh hayden hurst was he ran a route on all seven of young's drop back i mean that's kind of telling you hey he's gonna be involved he's gonna be involved he's one of those guys that like he has a chance to be second in targets on the team and as we know from coop that's what you look for in a you know, productive top five type tight end. And he's so cheap. Absolutely. Friend of the show, Andrew Cooper. Good dude. Yeah. I, and I've been doing, you know, I've been putting together the projections and <laughs> I'm going in alphabetical order. So I've done the Panthers already, you know, Carolina and he's second on the team in targets for me. hundred percent. Like I just, I don't really have another way to split it. Like maybe you can, you can force force Jonathan Mingo, the rookie into an 18% target share, but that doesn't really happen often. And if he's getting that, then Adam Thielen, who I have getting 18% target share, is probably getting a little bit less. And I think that I think that Hayden Hurst is going to sit there at about 18%, which is going to be 97 targets, probably about 68 receptions, you know, 600 yards, four touchdowns. Not going to be like anything great. Like he's he's probably going to end up as a mid, you know, probably end up like near tight end, like eight to ten or something like that. But he's going to be, you know, valuable enough to where he'll be right now like you can get him for a fourth like he's if he's going to score i got him tight off waivers end, yeah waivers if he's going to score tight end 10 even tight end 10 numbers like you i mean that's a steal you want that and i just i, I think that that's very possible this year even on a crappy team absolutely cool so let's uh hop into some preseason surprises risers followers just information that we gathered from last week's games we have a preseason game going on tonight which this is like all this is like all risers by the way <laughs> that's okay uh kind of there yeah. were no fallers we're positive today <laughs> that's how it, that's how it happens right but it's fun it's fun uh so this one deuce vaughn cowboy obviously i put him on the list because i love him and i'm small as well i'm taller than him but he's got me by like 30 pounds <laughs> or more but he's an absolute unit he's a tiny absolute unit his analytical profile was just off the charts if he wasn't 57180 they say but he looked good man he looked like a tiny little Barry Sanders out there and uh you know he's rising up right now he's going in the 14th round of uh drafts not dynasty drafts but just you know like underdog and stuff like that so I, I think he looked really good um this is something that we've talked about before his dad does work for the scouting department his dad made the phone call everybody knows about that but honestly he's gonna have a role there i was thinking weeks ago i'm like we have a guy uh, uh Kevante turpin another tiny little guy uh kickoff returner we got him from the xfl like xfl mvp or something like that just absolute stud when it comes to the return of the ball but they both could play very similar roles they're really small really fast really shifty and I'm looking at the 53-man roster, and I'm like, there's a chance that Deuce Vaughn just ends up on the practice squad or, you know, cut or just not making the team because he's he's tiny. Historically, this guy has no chance. But, man, did he make, I don't know, just pay dirt with every single opportunity he had in that preseason game. I think Deuce Vaughn makes the team, and I think he has an impact this year. He's going as running back 54, round 16 in Dynasty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just think, it, you know, size matters in the NFL unless you're absolutely exceptional. And mm -hmm. I, I, I put that out on Twitter. And I believe that to, to a pretty large extent. Obviously, there's guys who just can't make it. But I do think players like Tank Dell who have near elite route running abilities or Deuce Vaughn who are shifty at, at, at a rate that, you know, very few players are and have a unique ability to 
evade defenders because of their size and their speed. You know, the combination, they, they're just able to do things that others aren't. You know, I'm not saying that they're going to be uber productive in fantasy, but these guys definitely have a chance to succeed despite their size. Like their, their size is not what is going to prevent them from succeeding, from succeeding, I do not think, given their, their skill set. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Deuce looked really good, really shifty. In between the tackles, his vision was good. I, I just don't see how they're going to be able to keep him off the field. Like Malik Davis is fine, but Deuce Vaughn has upside that Malik Davis just doesn't have. He's he in college, like you said, the production he Stud. the the production he put forth in college at Northwestern was insane, like absolutely insane stuff that other players do not do. Fifteen hundred yards. He had I think in his sophomore season he had like fourteen hundred yards and 18 touchdowns I'm, I'm almost positive it was 18 touchdowns on the ground and he followed it up with nine touchdowns and like 1300 yards or something like that you know it's not like he he was playing in a division like three school or something like that like he's he's playing against real athletes and he's here in the nfl doing it against nfl talent and i think that he's gonna have a i think he's gonna have a role this year like almost 100 percent by second half of the season he'll have a role over malik davis i believe and and i think that he's in line for the kind of like Darren Sproles type career path. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, it's Kansas State. Kansas State. Sorry, sorry, Kansas State. I don't good. know why I said Northwestern. I'm thinking of Evan Hole out of Northwestern. Uh, are they both purple? That's what it was. So yeah, I think so. I, I get. <laughs> yeah, I do that. I like yeah. both of those guys, and I, I like both those guys a lot. You asked me next year what college he went to, and I would I tell you I have absolutely no idea. I only hold on to that information for about three months. Kansas State's not a scrub like school. Like it's not, no, you know. No, no, but he, he absolutely should. If he wasn't so tiny, and you you put his profile and production on a guy that is five ten, two ten, five eleven, two ten, he you know he's one on one, right? Yeah, he's talented. He's very good. I mean, back. It's the, it, yeah, I mean, it's Division One football. Yeah. yeah. All right, that's enough <laughs> about Deuce Vaughn. Which I could talk about Deuce Vaughn all night. Yeah. I and, know, boy, I know, I know. and my boy uh, Jalen Tolbert had a really good uh, preseason game too, so it solidified his role as wide receiver four. Oh, the, team. the one thing I want to say about Deuce Vaughn is the the ballers on their dynasty podcast on their dynasty podcast last week. I think it was before the preseason game were so adamant that Deuce Vaughn would not happen, cannot happen, will not happen, and I'm almost. 90% sure I was listening to like this week's and the tune was definitely slightly different, but <laughs> yeah, man, like, and it was all about size. All of it was about size. Like he's one six, he's like one, one sixty or one seventy. He's not going to happen. Like, I just, I don't think that matters when you're like, if he tears his ACL and loses all of the abilities then yeah, but like he's super, he's super shifty and, and very hard to tackle. Like I think, you know, I don't know. Right, next one is AT Perry, which is awesome. He's one of the guys I think I was snagging with one of my very last picks. I think I even got off waivers after rookie drafts were over. And so I have quite a bit of AT Perry. That dude went out there and was catching bombs. Like, I think it was like six for six, 100 yards or something like that. Just absolute show. I don't know what the depth, depth chart looks like there uh, in New Orleans, but say like Michael Thomas does what Michael Thomas does. There's there's a there's this very real reality that you could have Olave and AT Perry as wide receiver one, wide receiver two on that team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Rashid Shahid slots in there maybe as the slot receiver or something like that or the field stretcher, but definitely A.T. Perry would play much more of a Michael Thomas role if he were to, to get on the field. And, and yeah, I mean, he was out there with Jameis Winston, and he was doing some pretty special stuff. He scored a touchdown, I think, on the first catch there. So I was pretty impressed. I, I was definitely impressed. And he's a, he was an afterthought, you know, a guy who, who really just didn't test well athletically but looked really – not really good on film, but but put some good stuff on film and just a bigger body, one of the bigger bodies in this class. Yes. Um, and yeah, you never know, man. I it's it's not likely with a guy like him, given his his profile overall. But he looked pretty good out there. All right, next one, Tajay Spears looked good, looked good, did what he's supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And given all the talk about his knee and his busted knee or how he has no ACL, he looked all right. And you know, I, I, maybe that that shortens his career overall. But we're, we're only worried about really one two-year window with with a guy like him and and what maybe we can get for you know return in a trade or something like that for that kind of guy or a short-term 
flex spot fill-in or something. But I do think he has a lot of opportunity behind Derrick Henry, plays a little bit different style than Derrick Henry. You know, I imagine that they're going to put him in a role where he's catching more passes than Derrick Henry. So, you know, he, he probably has some PPR appeal and it looked like he has some potential to just get on the field to to maybe make it so that Derrick Henry is carrying it for like 290 and not 350. <laughs> like, yeah. you know <laughs> like, i don't know and that's the thing too henry hasn't you know finished a season a whole season in a few years now so and he's you know he's in the aarp uh membership you know as far as running backs go so you know he's a very high value handcuff to have and in dynasty i mean going forward like you know that there's a chance there's a chance he could be you know their starter in a year or two or something you have like a totally tony pollard type deal where people are saying get derrick henry off the field tajay's better blah 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 blah, and then maybe it happens so he's definitely a guy that like i would want on my team just to see kind of see what happens he looked like, good what, what do you what do you think you'd have to spend for him a third right now like how like how do you get him on your team uh two thirds i don't think i don't think anybody's giving you tajay for a third but probably a second what about two thirds yeah, you could probably do that. Nah, Someone might want to do that. Yeah. That's what I would try. I wouldn't. But. <laughs> I think he's kind of like forgotten. Like I haven't really heard much buzz about him at all. So I don't know. Is he a is he a Bandicanda? Kind of fast. Or like you, I was about to say, or like you like to say, is he a band of kind of fast? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He 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 surprised me a little bit, and I I do think I was kind of wrong on him. I, I mean, anybody who thought he was going to be like a, a feature back or something like that is kidding themselves. But I didn't really think he could. He could play, but I don't know. From what I saw from him, he seems like he he would be a competent backup. Now he's not going to have to uh, with, with Dalvin there, but Dalvin's not going to be the long term, right? So it could be Brees and Abanikanda, you know, for the for the next couple of years, and and he looked like he's he's serviceable. So I thought he he showed well. Yeah, I agree. What I saw from him, he looked pretty shifty, and he looked like he looked like an NFL running back out there. So then that's kind of what you want to see, you know. Dalvin, Brees, all that stuff just kind of kills, kind of kills Izzy, but that's, it is what it is. Uh, next one is Aiden O'Connell. I, I honestly don't even know who that is. You don't know who Aiden O'Connell is? Oh my I God. Don't. Yeah, no, no. All right. We need to find a new co-host. Uh, all right. My no. <laughs> Aiden O'Connell's a backup quarterback for. Oh, yes. AOC. Got you. AOC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, they call him he's AOC. He's known as AOC. He my bad. Yeah, no, I, I know. I know. He, he balled out. Absolutely hilarious. Yes, That's how you know we're that. degenerates when AOC means means Aiden O'Connell to us. He is the, the bad quarterback for the, the Raiders. Yeah, for the Raiders. Um, he looked great. He looked absolutely yes. phenomenal. And and not like he's going to take over a starting role, though, this year, given Jimmy's there and could get injured at any time, he might. But he's super accurate. Just looks like he knows what he's doing. Look like Looks like he's been in the league for some time. And again, it's preseason, but you can tell – when these guys have some ability and he was very poised and he can clearly get the ball where it needs to go in, you know, short to, to medium range uh, downfield and, and upside is a different story, but I'll tell you what, like I saw him on waivers in a couple of leagues, snagged them up. Like he's out there and I would send a fourth for him because those, those kind of guys, you know, they pop and and you can sell them for, for more than what they're worth now. So I, I liked what I saw from him like really liked what I saw from him. All right, next one, Emmanuel Wilson, I think undrafted, so that's important to know. Uh, running back, Green yeah. Bay Packers, he looks pretty good out there. I don't like to say because I still have faith for, uh, you know, Thizilla, A.J. Dillon. But yeah, he looks good. There's room for two. There's room for two, brother. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, I think he rushed for like 111 yards and two touchdowns, and it was the anniversary of his father's death it just happened to be so there was that but yeah yeah he's a guy who went to a division two school so like i was looking for his stats and like he he doesn't even come up on like college or on a yeah college football reference or whatever so but he let's see played 16 games and carried 331 times for 2087 rushing yards a 6.3 average 22 rushing touchdowns along with 31 catches for 278 and two touchdowns uh previously that doesn't matter so yeah he's a yeah he's clearly a a talented kid and you know aaron jones isn't long for the team they don't really have much behind dylan and him so i'm not thinking this guy's going to take over the 
the backfield, but he could definitely take over the backup role at some point. And he, he showed up in the first game. Who knows what happens from here on out, like undrafted, maybe he doesn't make the team, but he definitely gave himself a chance. So these are some guys that I picked him up. I, you probably saw in Dynasty Underdog, I picked him up in all of our, all of our leagues. I saw that. I was, yeah, yeah I was, I was back, doing back. a little research today and I was like, let me see if he's in any of the leagues. And I went there and he was in, I, and it wasn't just there. It was like an almost every league he was on waivers. So uh, I went and snagged him up in a lot of places. We've had the hot take alert just sitting on the bottom. You didn't want to tell me that? Well, maybe these are all hot takes. Yeah, it's the whole I mean, really. (laughs) I mean, it kind of is. We're talking about undrafted rookies, preseason, taking over backfields. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. These are the the late, late round guys. Yeah, uh, Elijah Dotson, another guy undrafted. Undrafted. Division II school. Division II school. But he's over there for the Chargers. Again, it's, you know, Eckler, Joshua Kelly, Isaiah Spiller. He had a damn good game, I think, at 100 yards or something like that, and then a touchdown maybe. But just some guys to keep your eyes on, you know. Again, risers. There, there wasn't too many fallers because it's preseason. Like, what, what's going to happen? Unless you're, like, dropping balls left and right, which I didn't really see much of that. Um, what we did see, actually, is – I'll tell you, Jamison Williams. That's the faller right there. Jamison Williams. Yes. He played preseason. He dropped a deep pass uh he he's not that good no he's also not that good i agree he either nearly tore or tore his hamstring and is going to miss some time missing six games for the suspension i mean this like this guy might might not play until the end of his rookie contract like his his rookie contract might be up before he before he gets on the field seriously so yeah the 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 we, we've talked about this a lot like historically you need to get on the field and you need to play and if you don't it doesn't matter why the likelihood of you succeeding drops significantly. So this kid needs to get on the field, needs to get on the field fast. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're holding him, get out, get out, get out, get out, get what you can. Like, not what you can, but get fair market value, but get get the hell out. Okay. I just saw this in uh, the DFF Discord. Tank Dell and Marvin Mims or Jamison Williams? I'll take Tank and Mims, two guys who haven't fucked <laughs> yeah. up, up their career yet uh yeah i don't know man it's tough because, it'd be hard like, to pull I that trigger i mean honestly it would be hard it to pull would that be trigger. it would be but i don't think it's far off like i think it's it's like i mean a third or a second away from from yeah slamming that thing like please let me get out from this this jameson williams share by the way which i have zero, zero. of yeah same i i 100 would do tank dell mims in a second 100 i don't even care what that second is so, yeah, I just don't believe in James Williams. Never have, and uh, it's... I honestly, I would do Tank Dell in a second for. I would do Tank Dell in a second if I had James Williams on my team, hundred percent, because I do believe Tank Dell is going to be moderately successful at the very least, like a flex play. And that second round pick is I can use it to maybe get something that is near Jameson or be- or likely better. Obviously, is the idea, or I could turn it into a first and call it a day. Uh, but yeah, man, like I would do that. In, I think in a heartbeat, but we're low on Jameson here. We're, we are, we are low on Jameson. Very low. But just always have been. Always have been. Always have been. And before you know, the issues, I, before everything, always. I, I would like it to be a situation where he played all 16 games last year. He's healthy now heading into this year and then doesn't pan out. Cause then like, I could really say, Hey, he was mid the whole time. So now you know we got excuses. The same same excuses I use for Bateman, which you've been lower on Bateman than anybody I know, and uh, I can't stand it forever. But man, you, <laughs> you've been right this whole time so far. But he was injured his rookie year with the groin, and it's uh, Lamar's gone, and I can make excuses. But if I'm being real, <laughs> if I'm being real, Bateman's a bust. His his value has gotten to so low to a point where like on a redraft basis, I'm willing to take a shot at him because it's like, especially in like, well, not redraft, more in like best ball because it's like so low that like he'll probably pop on a like, you know, here and there because Lamar and, and offense. But, uh, but yeah, he's a, he's, he's not, he did not come as advertised. Let's put it that way. And I, I never saw what, what a lot of people were seeing, but uh, yeah, it, you know who else? Chase Edmonds. I don't know why this popped up in my head uh, earlier. I, I put out a tweet, but I, I, I just picking him up off of waivers right now. I think it's. I know. I think that's what it was. I saw somebody pick him up off waivers, and I thought to myself, I was like, you know what's so funny is it was just last year, by the way, that everybody was trying to tell me once again that he was going to be the lead 
running back in a backfield, and that was Miami, which had like they traded <laughs> Raheem Mostert right? and Jeff Wilson, and like he couldn't beat them out, and then they traded him to Denver, but he also couldn't beat out James Conner, which I knew was going to happen. But I just think it's hilarious how now he's he's fighting for a backup job to Rashad White of all people. I mean, life comes at you fast, like. Yeah. Hey man, good job. Here's your cram. <laughs> oh no, no, I don't even think about that. Like, I just thought it was crazy how, like, yeah, it was the the, the heights were high for for Edmonds, and the lows are low. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm still holding him in a league. I think so. Ah, fun stuff. But anyways, you know, the preseason week one, just fun. Like, you just feel it coming back. Like, all the discussions are about like actual football and stuff that happened on the field and. Training camps are wrapping down, and we're waiting to see who gets cut. And I just, I love it. I love it. Uh, honestly, I think like one of my favorite things was watch was watching Zach Charbonnet hit hit you know hit stick that guy twice. Just the way like the force, it was like that was like football is back. I'm like, oh boy, this is gonna be fun. Like I, I really think Charbonnet is gonna give us some some fun plays and a fun season. So yeah, some of these rookies are getting me excited already. Rookie fever. Rookie fever. <laughs> all right it's a great name for a podcast it is it is shout out swags and uh swags feverish finero that's is that finero on there or is yeah am yeah. i thinking of feverish yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Or, am I, or am i mixing two podcasts sometimes i mix you're, you're up thinking uh, sites? yeah sometimes yeah, right. i yeah i mix up sites. which is another good yeah. one by the way not as good as ours but all right let's hop into some trades <laughs> and non-trades so this is one that got sent to me and i had to think about it real quick uh, someone sent me 224 seconds for Damian Pierce. And my first thought was Damian Pierce, later drafted guy. We all know the history, how that works out. And this would be me uh, getting return on investment. I did not spend two seconds for Damian Pierce. I think I got him in the third or something like that. He had a really good season last year. And that's why I reached out. I was like, hey, man, uh, should I just take the two seconds and dip? But you had said something to me. You said you're kind of hoping that those two seconds turn into what Damian Pierce is. And then you have the week one results from preseason. Damian Pierce, out of most of the other quote-unquote vets, like he got the night off. You know, they didn't want him out there. They didn't want him to get hurt. They didn't draft anybody behind him. They got Singletary in free agency, and I'm not worried about Singletary. So I think... The smart thing for me is to kind of hold on to Damian Pierce for now. I, I think that in season, if I have quite a bit of running back depth, depth on that team, I think I might be able to get more for him later on. I still don't think he's the long-term answer. We'll see. Um, but typically, those guys don't have long careers. We'll, we'll have to see what happens. But I already know what you think. You think uh, you still think I should have rejected it? I think you can get a first for him, especially in season from somebody. I think he and Singletary are going to have similar target shares, to be honest with you. Singletary might edge him out slightly, maybe. But I think they're going to increase the, the pass attempts to to him as well. And I think, you know, maybe you see a little bit... I think you're going to see more, like, a more efficient team in general. Not that, like, <laughs> I think, you know, rookie quarterback and Stroud is going to... is going to make it that but i just think overall it's going to be a more well-oiled machine so you're going to see just i think he's going to be a little bit more efficient on the ground he does he's not going to be need to be leaned on as much so even though they're going to split some of the load and he might not get you know 75 percent of the carries like he did last year i mean he might get 65 yeah. but it might be a, a little bit more effective with them so i think that he's going to be good in short order i i do agree with you these guys don't last long no matter what but again i think you you pray i think what i said to you is you you pray that that either of those seconds turns into anything close to what damian pierce is and he's absolutely worth a first right now like i don't know like i wouldn't give him up for anything less than a first 100 percent. so that's what i would be going after cool this next one's from du2 it was an interesting one there's a lot of players involved again i don't typically make trades that have so many pieces but uh, James Conner and Keenan Allen for Michael Carter, Malik Davis, Darnell Mooney, Donovan Peoples-Jones, 25 first and a 24th third. What do you think? <laughs> one one of the uh, managers sent this trade to me after and was like, what do you think of this? And I was like, I was like, I don't like either side. 
<laughs> but uh, but I, I think I like the Vets more, especially for a contending team, and I'm pretty sure that's what the side getting the Vets is doing. So, yeah, Keenan Allen and James Conner seem like pretty good pieces, but, I mean, there there's some okay pieces scattered throughout this other side for sure. I mean, the 25 first is is a really nice piece, and I think you can maybe equate that to – or, I mean, you'd rather have the 25 first than James Conner, and then, yeah, it's a bunch of stuff like Mooney and Peoples-Jones and a third and Michael Carter for Keenan Allen. Like, yeah, I, you know, it's – I think, you know, if I, if I was involved in this trade conversation, then – I want to secure myself a 25 first and a 24 third. And I'm not scared to move off of James Conner or Keenan Allen. I think I would have just done something different. I don't think, I, I just don't, there's not a situation where I'm trying to add Michael Carter or Malik Davis uh, or Jonathan People Jones to my team necessarily. I do still like Mooney. Uh, but I think there's, I think there's a better way to, get off of those old vets and get your future picks that you want without adding a bunch of like roster cloggers. Like you're probably never going to start Michael Carter. Malik Davis is, you'd be lucky if like he does anything really. <sighs> I don't like it. I'm going to take the vet. I think I would have, if I were moving the vets, I think I would have tried to move just one of them for the 25 first. In yes. Some way. Yes. Whether go. it's whether it's like just Keenan Allen for the twenty five first straight up, or Keenan for the twenty five and Malik or or one of those pieces that you like, or you do James Conner plus a piece for the twenty five first or something like that. Yeah, I probably would have went that route and then tried to do the same thing with some other manager, whether it was in season or not or now, and try to get a second first, whatever, something similar, you know, for and, and double up on it, which you may be able to turn some of those pieces like a Darnell Mooney plus one of those other pieces in season. You may be able to turn them into a first, but it's going to be more difficult. You kind of make it a little bit more challenging on yourself in that way. Yeah, I think making this into two separate trades is actually a really good idea. Go ahead and move James Conner for some future picks and a player and then maybe make a separate trade with somebody else for Keenan Allen if you're you're trying to get off those players and do something with your team. Yeah, and also going after two different managers sometimes allows you because like you can you you can get more by going after two different managers because obviously one isn't giving up those two pieces right so sometimes you by breaking it down that way you have more of an opportunity to get more i think yeah this is another one i don't know if we ever talked about this but i i was just checking the trades that went down and du1 barkley for a 24 first yeah uh smash I'll, i'll take barkley yeah i think i need multiple firsts for Barkley or a first and a and a you know like a, a developmental player or something of that sort a rookie you know something like that all right cool so oh God, you I have some a... one quarterback trades <laughs> yeah are, are those allowed on this podcast are we allowed to do it's that? okay this is not the super flex super show this is just dynasty and some people like to play with one quarterback where are those people and what the hell is wrong with them <laughs> All right, so yeah, my one QB leagues are fun though. It, it's cool because it's a lot of people who I, I know personally. Generally, like I think I only have two one QB leagues. One of them are people I went to high school with. One of them are people I went to college with. So uh, it's kind of cool in that way. So I had a series of trades in this one QB league, in which has a pretty solid roster like Josh Allen, Eckler, T Higgins, AJ Brown. Darren Waller, like just some pretty foundational pieces. So it's not far from competing, but definitely is missing some some depth in terms of, of key production. And so I've been trying to maneuver around the board. I, I moved DeAndre Hopkins last season for a first. So I have two first round picks, two early ones. Uh, I think I have three and four is what it was. I had three and four. So I made a series of, of trades here. Uh, what I was trying to do one QB league, and if you have three and four, you're going to miss out on Jameer Gibbs, right? Jameer Gibbs is going two overall every time. Okay, so I need a running back. All I have is Eckler aging out. I'm looking to go up and get Gibbs here. So this all stemmed from the idea of doing that. Somebody needed a quarterback in Kirk Cousins. Offer actually came across across my desk, and I'm like, I could use another another piece here to maybe make this trade to move up from my 103 to 102 to get Gibbs is really my whole idea. So 
this series of trades started with Kirk Cousins for a 2024 second in one QB. What do you think about that? Yeah, uh, it's it's probably fine. Yeah, it, it's hard for me to gauge. I don't play any one quarterback fantasy leagues, mm-hmm. but yeah, that that I guess you anytime. Like, I, I there's probably not too many quarterbacks, but like four maybe that would go in the first round. I, it's hard for me to gauge, but I, I think it's fine. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna have maybe Anthony Richardson and and maybe Bryce Young go late, Something like, like mid to late first round. Um, and almost only the rushing quarterbacks who are like really highly drafted go in the first round. Other than that, yeah, I mean, again, it's you know if you're in a ten or twelve team league with one quarterbacks, there's twelve other quarterbacks like that. It's like you know, Kirk Cousins is kind of doesn't matter. So, um, twenty twenty four second felt re- like really good return for me. And so now that I have two twenty twenty four seconds, I'm like, let me go ahead and offer the guy who has one hundred two. Chigo Quanco, my three hundred nine, my one hundred three, and a, and a, and my twenty twenty four second, not the one I got because I think I'm by you know twenty twenty four I'm going to be a little bit better uh, for the one hundred two. So I'm trying to move up from one hundred three by giving a second three point oh nine and Chigo Quanco. What do you think I, about I that? love this. Yeah, I love this a lot. Chig, I'm I'm pretty high on three hundred nine. Doesn't really matter. Uh, twenty four second. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I think that's the price you have to pay to move up from 103 to 102. I wonder, I wonder what, I wonder why the person who had 102 was willing to do this. Well, they're moving back one pick for an extra second, yeah. and you know, and I think he has. I'm, I'm actually pretty sure this manager has Brees Hall. Okay. So you know, and I'm trying to think. They probably have another running back, but they definitely have Brees Hall. I know that for sure. So maybe they just think. Yeah, I don't need Gibbs. I can get JSN or what maybe they sure. like another receiver better. I don't know. But but you know, I can get JSN and be good there. So I you know, I think I offered without the second originally and the person was like, like, why would I do that? Yeah. And I was like, All right. So I waited, made this trade because I didn't want to just give up all my like future value. But once I had an extra one, I'm like, you know what, screw it. Let me send them the second. Just move up one pick. But I think it matters a lot because again, I have Austin Eckler and then nothing left, right? Yeah. So, so I think I needed to add a young running back, one who has a lot of dynasty value and a lot of potential production. So that was my idea there. Then I'm like turning around. So those two trades got done. Then I'm turning around and I'm like, maybe now I can move on from Eckler because I have secured my my future running back, or at least I have kind of churned Eckler in my mind to Jameer Gibbs. And maybe I can now get a different running back plus for Eckler. So my thought was maybe I can move Eckler who just was the running back one has a ton of value for Ramondre Stevenson in the two Oh six. What do you think about that? I think it's a good way to get off of Eckler. I think Stevenson has a pretty long career there. And if I'm reading correctly, you know, that two Oh six is more like what we see is like a super flex two Oh four, two Oh three, something like that. Two Oh four. Right. Because you're not having those two, you know, the four quarterbacks going off in the first round. You're only you mean a three oh four? You mean a three oh four? It's like a three oh four. So the two oh six and a one QB would be more like a two oh four in the superflex. Would you oh, move it up oh, a little bit? Yes, right? yes, 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 yes. Sorry, sorry, I misunderstood. I misunderstood what you're saying. I am completely. I don't play any one quarterback. No, 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 no. I, so. I misunderstood. I thought you were going the other way with it for some reason. Yes, it would. It would be like slightly higher. It would. It, 206 would in a super flex league would i mean early yeah. second instead of being a mid second it's an early second so yeah i like this yeah eckler we like him but really honestly this might be his last like actual productive year there's a chance yeah i mean it's sad to say just because we love him and he loves fantasy football and so he's like one of those players that like everybody in the community just absolutely loves but the reality is he's not going to be worth much more than he is right now i think he'll be an ambassador when he's done with football so it, it, it'll be okay. He'll, he'll still be around, I think, for fantasy football. But yeah, I think that this is the, you know, the, the case of getting out a year early rather than a year late. So I, I think that's kind of what I'm trying to do here. And you, know, you may take, I may take a little hit this year on production from player to player, but I'm adding Jameer Gibbs. I'd be adding Stevenson and a second for the future. I, it just seems kind of like the right thing to do, even if I take a slight hit in the production. And I've already talked about how I'm not too worried about Zeke. So I, the manager, I, I reached out, I think like the day after I sent it to him, I was like, thoughts on the offer? And they're like, considering. 
mm-hmm. and that was like a day ago. So I'm trying not to rock the boat too much, you know, uh, probably overthinking it, but I'm just going to let it sit there for a bit and see what happens. Let, I'll, I'll report back next week. Love it. <laughs> I like seeing moves where you're like, you're just sticking to one team and just trying to build, build, make another move to make this team. And I, honestly, I think that's a, really the best way you got to do it. Cause if you're trying to like really construct all the leagues you're in at the same time, not only are you going to lose a little bit of track, but like you're going to lose focus at least. If you focus on the one roster, you could really diligently make moves like this to just better your team because you, you have a plan, right? Having one plan is easier than having like 10. Also, you gain momentum. Other people see trades going. Other people get interested in, in doing deals. And and you just kind of got to strike while the iron's hot sometimes. You know, you, you got to get in there and, and read the room. And this league actually isn't like super active in terms of trading. And they're like slower to respond to offers and stuff. Uh, I actually think some of them are a little bit older than I am. Not too much, but you know, that even that sometimes there's that that gap in terms of like getting on technology daily and hourly like like some of us do (laughs) but for me i just i just you know think that even in those leagues you can create activity like i get in those dms i send out offers i'm hey what's up i'm in the league chat adding them if they don't respond like bro get them to respond to you like it's they're we talk about this all the time commitment and effort and force them to put in some if they're not if they're not going to do it themselves they they jumped into a dynasty league like make them do a little bit of work you know come on that's you do you too (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> well man is there anything else you want to talk about i mean i'm sure i could come up with something but i'm gonna stop here all right man uh thanks everyone for giving us a listen check us out on twitter dynasty underdog at uriah dawkins at willie and dff hop in our discord it's free it's fun it's active and we do have a youtube channel check it out and listen to us on spotify if you can other than that have a good night